Jesus knew what he was getting into. He knew what crucifixion was all about. Not only was he God, and so he knew about crucifixion by default, but he had seen it. He saw it as a child. Let me set the stage for you. You see, Jesus grew up in the town of Nazareth. Here on the screen this morning, you see it on this map. Nazareth was located in northern Israel, and at the time, the Roman Empire was in charge. All of Israel was under their rule. Now, Nazareth was not that big a place. It was just a small community. In fact, just six kilometers north of Nazareth, there was a major city, the city of Sepphoris. So Sepphoris was a city, and Nazareth was kind of a suburb, just a suburb of the major city. Well, when Jesus was just a boy, around the age of 11, a man named Judas the Galilean led a rebellion against Rome. He and his followers invaded the royal armory in that city of Sepphoris. Now, Sepphoris, as I mentioned, was only about six kilometers away from where Jesus grew up. So, while Jesus was growing up, this guy Judas the Galilean led the rebellion, and the Roman vengeance was swift, and it was sudden. And it was decisive. Sephora's was burned to the ground. Its inhabitants were sold into slavery. And 2,000 of the rebels were crucified on crosses, which were set up along the roadside as a warning for anyone else who might feel tempted to rebel against Rome. Now, Jesus had most likely witnessed this mass execution. Remember what his adopted father's profession was. What did Joseph do? He was a carpenter. And so there's a lot of speculation that Joseph may have been employed to help rebuild the city of Sepphoris after, this, uh, after it was destroyed by the Roman army. And Jesus, being 10 or 11 at the time, would have probably traveled with his father, traveled between Nazareth and Sepphoris, going with him to learn the, the family trade. So Jesus had probably traveled along that road and had seen those crosses set up along the roadside and seen the people who had been crucified there. And he had probably seen it at other times as well because it was not an uncommon sight in the first century Roman Empire. Jesus knew what crosses were all about. And he knew that that's how he would die. He could see what was coming down the road for him and how he would be nailed to a cross himself. For Jesus... The cross meant rejection, humiliation, total submission. Now, a lot of people today wear crosses, and they wear it just as jewelry, and they don't think anything about it. But for Jesus, his cross meant that people would laugh at him, and they would scorn him. It meant that he, the Son of God, would be viewed as a criminal. It meant physical, mental, emotional anguish. Jesus had all the qualifications of deity. He was God. But as we read earlier from the passage in Philippians, Jesus gave up all of his rights as God and all the comforts that were rightfully his, and he gave all that up for the cross. Why? Why would Jesus allow himself to go through a time like this? Why would he subject himself to such a painful experience, such, a, a, such torment and torture on the cross. Why would he go through that voluntarily? I think the answer to that question lies in the fact that God is a God of justice and a God of love. 
So let's talk about him being a God of justice. Let's start with that. Because of the evil that had entered into creation and into the human race because of our sinfulness, going all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, justice had to be served. Sin had to be punished. We had, as a race and in individually, we had rebelled against God. Sometimes we rebel in big ways, sometimes we rebel in small ways, but all of us have rebelled against him in one way or another. None of us are innocent. All have sinned is what the Bible tells us. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that for ourselves. All of us have fallen short at some point. And the punishment for this rebellion, the punishment for this treason, the punishment for sin is death. That's what we deserve. That's what God's justice demands. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So a price has to be paid for our sinfulness. But God is not just a God of justice. He's also a God of love. And it was that love that led God to come up with a solution. It's what led him to come to earth as the man, Jesus, so that he could come and he could serve the death sentence in our place. That's the extent of his love for you and for me. On the cross that day when Jesus was crucified, that's when God's demand for justice and his desire for love intersected. They met at the crossroads of the cross. On the one hand, you have the justice of God. On the other hand, you have the mercy of God. And the two came together on the cross. Jesus, who by his very nature is God, became a baby, grew up, and died on a cross in order to serve our sentence. So the demand for justice was met, and instead we can enjoy the merciful love of God. The cross. The cross is the crossroad where God's justice and love meet. But the cross was not just a crossroad for Jesus. It wasn't just a crossroad for the justice and love of God. It's a crossroad for you and for me as well. Look at it this way. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, where was he? He was positioned between two other people who were being crucified on their crosses too. He was positioned between two criminals. They were being crucified alongside him, and there was no disputing that they were guilty of the crimes that they had been accused of and convicted of. They didn't claim innocence. In fact, they readily admitted that they deserved what they were getting. One of them heckled Jesus. In fact, the Bible tells us that both of them started to heckle him, and then one of them stopped. But one continued, and he mocked Jesus. Right in the midst of his own suffering, this criminal chose to throw insults toward Jesus. But the other criminal, the one who had started to heckle Jesus and had stopped, had thought better of it. He ended up speaking up in defense of Jesus. He said to the other guy, who do you think you are? You're a common criminal, just like me. We're, we're just getting what we deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And they were told he recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And he asked Jesus to remember him when he entered into his kingdom. And what happened? Well, the Bible says that Jesus told that criminal on the cross that day that they would be together that day in paradise. 
that criminal had made some bad choices. He wasn't a good guy. He had done some very evil things worthy of being crucified in the Roman society. Yet on his cross that day, he made one good decision that made all the difference. He made the choice that whatever was left of his life, granted it was just going to be a short time, but what was left of his life he was going to give to Jesus. He was committing his life on that cross to Jesus. And that's your crossroad too. Which criminal's example will you follow? Will you join with the criminal on the side that heckled Jesus and made fun of him and insulted him and ultimately rejected him? Or will you join with a criminal who recognized his own sinfulness and chose to receive the forgiveness of Jesus and to follow him? The cross is the crossroad where you reject or receive Jesus. That's your crossroad. So will you reject him or will you receive him? That's the choice that you have to make today.